When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Well, as most of you know, I have some strong words and opinions about stuff in the aquarium world, and I'm not afraid to share them with you on many days, and today is one of those days. I needed to clarify, explain, and share some ideas with you. Somebody asked me a few days back, rather innocently, I might add, how we invented the idea of using botanicals in the aquarium. And as I often do, after I cringed, I strongly and immediately corrected her and explained that there is no single hobbyist, vendor, or person who invented the idea. As long as people have been playing with aquariums, they've been throwing twigs and leaves and stuff like that into them for various reasons and with various goals. Nevertheless, it's not some new practice that, you know, Tannen Aquatics or Scott Fellman or Joe Blow, for that matter, invented. I don't know why we as hobbyists need to assign a creator or inventor to anything. It's a bit weird. It's flattering, but it's a bit weird. Now, if you want to give us credit for something, you can consider this. The term botanicals didn't even exist as a contextual descriptor for this stuff in the aquarium's world uh, until about, I don't know, say 2015 when we started Tannin and used the term to describe them. I appropriated this term from the fashion industry, I suppose, or the the cosmetics industry or whatever, because the hobby needed a good descriptor of what this stuff was, especially if it was my goal, uh, as was my goal, to make the practice of using them to create specific environmental effects in our tanks more mainstream in the hobby. I don't claim many things in the aquarium hobby, but I'll claim that one. But look, developing terminology and processes are important parts of elevating hobby practices. Yeah, I suppose I'm acting rather boorishly about this because the hobby history is important to me. And I want to set the history straight because the botanical method aquarium is still evolving and we need to understand the differences between a, a more disciplined approach and simply tossing some seed pods and stuff into a tank as hobbyists have been doing for years. I'll say it again. We did not invent the idea. No one did. Well, if you didn't invent the stuff, Scott, what the hell did you do? As if it really even matters. Well, what we did do was to source, test, research, and refine the practices involved in utilizing botanical materials safely and more predictably in aquariums. And taking this stuff to a more serious level required not only the aforementioned work, it required some descriptors and some definitions. And of course, while we're on the subject of definitions, botanicals are simply natural plant materials, generally leaves, bark, wood, and seed pods, that are used for decorative and environmental enrichment purposes in our aquariums. You know, Scott, you, you sell twigs and nuts, as one of my reef-keeping friends proudly and profoundly declared. I suppose it wasn't too, ar- too far off, although I think it was a little overgeneralized, actually. But the interesting thing is that we as hobbyists, as we often do, we had to fight off the most superficial aspects of the description of our practice. We had to overcome the perception that utilizing botanicals was just some form of aquascaping. I mean, sure, there's a large and significant aesthetic component to what we do. I'll give you that. However, the most important aspect of utilizing botanicals in the aquarium is that they have the ability to influence the closed environment and the ecology of the aquarium in a number of ways. 
many fishes, particularly South American fishes like tetras, cichlids, and catfishes, as well as numerous African and Southeast Asian species, guarmies, betas, etc., benefit from the tannic acids, humic substances, and other compounds released by these materials in the water. We know this. It's long been understood that there are actually some antifungal and presumably even antibacterial benefits to, uh, you know, to the properties inherent to black water, and I use that in air quotes, resulting in healthier fishes and more viable spawns. And of course, botanical materials can help us recreate to some extent those conditions in the aquarium. And of course, it's not just the environmental benefits that we see. Some animals like placos and even ornamental shrimp derive supplemental nutrition from grazing on or actually consuming these materials. And there's the expectations of what happens when we put botanical materials in our aquariums. We have to consider these things, not only because they impact our fish's lives, but because they require us as hobbyists to make mental shifts to accept the function and the appearance of these aquariums. This is perhaps different than almost any other aquarium approach out there at the moment. This is what we spent a decade prior to starting Tannin and five years, or what am I saying, five years, eight years since we commenced business, helping to flesh out, define, and explain. You want a perfectly predictable sequence of occurrences and expectations for your botanical method aquarium? Don't even waste your time. Don't even think about it. Perfect predictability is just not a thing with these tanks. That being said, over the decades, we've noticed a specific group of phenomenon that will occur with some regularity in botanical method aquariums, and our experience positions us perfectly to help disseminate this information. And that is the crux of why we spend so much time and space discussing this stuff. We want expectations and experiences to be realistic and appropriate. That's our contribution to this game. One of the things that we all experience with these types of systems is an initial burst of tannins, which likely provides a significant amount of visible color to the water. If you're not using you know, activated carbon or some other filtration media, this tint's going to be more profound and will likely last longer than if you're removing it with one of these kind of materials. You might also experience a bit of initial cloudiness in your water. This could either be physical dust or materials released within the tissues themselves of the botanicals or even a burst of bacteria or microorganisms. I'm not really sure, but it usually passes quickly with minimal, if any, intervention on your part. Oh, and interestingly enough, not everybody experiences this. Often this is a phenomenon which seems to happen in brand new tanks, so it might not even be directly attributable to the presence of the botanicals. Well, at least not 100%. It might be other materials. It could be the sand, dust, or dirt from the hardscape materials or even the tank itself. Of course, for those of you who will experiment with our nature-based, you know, Varzea and Agapo and the other substrates, you'll experience cloudiness, turbidity, and tint as just part of the game. They'll be continuous, or for a long period of time anyway. You'll either love it or you'll hate it, but you will experience it. How much of a mental shift can you make to accept this as normal for your aquarium? That's the big question. If you can't, our recommendation is you don't even think about purchasing these substrates. Just don't. As with so many things in our practice of botanical method aquarium keeping, we need to turn to nature for a prototype of how these habitats are supposed to look and function. The, this is aquarium keeping at its most raw, most elemental, and yeah, natural. In a strange way, it's actually cutting edge, and that means the expectation set is new, it's different, and unlike anything we've been indoctrinated to accept in the hobby before. It's going to challenge you. It's going to test you. Perhaps it'll even piss you off because it's not nature aquarium's sterile artistic beauty. It's hard for many aquarists to accept, and that's understandable, and it's okay. If this shit bothers you, just don't even think about setting up one of these types of tanks. Ouch. 
So that being said, what happens next in the typical botanical method aquarium as it evolves? Well, typically, as most of you who played with this stuff know, the botanicals will begin to soften and break down over a period of several weeks. And as we discussed ad nauseum, you have the option to leave them in as they break down or remove them, whatever your aesthetic sensibilities tell you to do. Many of us have been leaving our botanicals until they completely decompose, utilizing them as an almost sort of a, a mulch, particularly in planted aquariums, and we've reported amazing results. Sure, the stuff will go through that biofilm phase before ultimately breaking down, and you'll have a lot of opportunities to remove it, or in the case of more hobbyists these days, enjoy it for the food and biodiversity that it brings to your aquarium. And you'll likely add new materials as the old ones break down, completely analogous to leaf drop, which occurs in the wild aquatic habitats that we seek to replicate. I have never had any negative side effects that I could attribute to leaving botanicals to completely break down in an otherwise healthy aquarium. Many, many, many users, present company included, see no detectable increases in nitrate or phosphate as a result of this process. Of course, this has prompted me to postulate that perhaps they have some sort of, they form some sort of natural biological filtration media and actually foster some denitrification. I have no scientific evidence to back this theory up, of course, like most of my theories, but I think there might be a grain of truth there. And again, we are going to continue to experiment with products and ideas that will address the biological operating system of botanical method aquariums in ways perhaps not previously done. Suffice it to say, these things are going to require not only mental shifts on your part, but some observation, some experimentation, some education, some tenacity and dedication. Not into that? Don't even think about trying them when they come out. Really, it's okay. Oh, speaking of expectations... One of the givens of botanical method aquarium keeping is that you'll likely have to clean and replace pre-filters, micron socks or filter pads more frequently than you do in other aquariums. Just like in nature, as the botanicals leaves in particular break down, you'll start to see some of the materials suspended in the water column from time to time and bits and pieces will get pulled into your filter and they'll definitely slow down the outflow of your pumps over time. Stuff breaks down and you can't stop it. Well, not unless you're standing by with a siphon hose by your tank 24-7, 365. The best solution, in my opinion, is to simply change pre-filter pads or whatever you're using frequently and to clean those pumps and power heads regularly as part of your weekly maintenance regimen. Not into that? Well, you know what I'm going to say, right? And of course, this is the elegant segue into the part about your weekly maintenance regimen, right? Well, here's my simple thoughts on this. Do whatever floats your boat. If you're a bi-weekly type of tank maintenance person, do that. If you're once a month kind of person, well, you might want to re-examine that. No, seriously, you do that, whatever. Botanical method, blackwater, aquariums, whatever you want to call them, although remarkably stable and easygoing once they get up and running, aren't really true set and forget systems. You want to at least take a weekly or bi-weekly assessment on the performance and overall condition of your aquarium. Now, far be it from me to tell you, the experienced aquarist, how to run your tanks. However, I'm just sort of giving you a broad-based recommendation based on my experiences and those of many others over the years with these types of systems. You need to decide what works best for you and for your animals, of course. Now remember, you're dealing with a tank filled with decomposing botanical materials. I mean, what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's normal for a tank like this? Good overall husbandry is necessary to keep your tank stable and healthy, and that includes the dreaded, by many anyway, water exchanges. As we pointed out, at the very least, you'll be cleaning and replacing pre-filter media as part of your routine, and that's typically a weekly to bi-weekly thing. It just sort of goes with the territory here, because, you know, leaves. 
Oh, and during water exchanges, I'll typically siphon out debris which may have lodged where I don't want them, like on the, the Amazon sword plant or right up front or whatever. But really, for the most part, I'm merely siphoning water from down low in the water column. I'm not removing decomposing material. I'm a sort of leave them as alone as they decompose kind of guy. I've told you this many times. And I'm not going to go into all the nuances of water preparation, whatever. You have your ways. They work for you. If you want to hear my way sometime, just DM me on Instagram or whatever, and we can discuss it. It's not really rocket science or anything, but everyone has their own techniques. And of course, regular water testing is a good idea. So your testing regimen should include things like TDS, alkalinity, and if you're so inclined, nitrate and phosphate. Logging this information over time will give us all some good data upon which to develop our expectations and best practices for water quality management in botanical method aquariums. Not just for the information you'll gain about your own aquarium and its trends, it's important because we as proponents of the botanical method aquarium movement need to log and share information about our system so we can develop a model for, I don't know, baseline performance of these tanks and continue to develop and refine standards for techniques, practices, and expectations about these tanks. You're a pioneer of sorts, regardless of, you know, whether you perceive yourself to be one or not. Don't like that aspect? Well, don't even think about setting up one of these tanks. Ouch, I'm really hitting hard today, aren't I? I am because you need to understand that playing with botanical method aquariums is more than just a style of aquascaping. It's not just about the look. In fact, the function, the very nature of what we do and what we want to achieve with these tanks is what dictates the look. It's about process. Setting the stage for the process to take its course is only the beginning. Then comes the part about letting go a bit, allowing nature to evolve our work. We can look on in awe and take delight in what's happening. To find those little vignettes, little moments of fleeting beauty that you need not be permanent for you to enjoy. And the changes, those earthy, perhaps inevitable changes which occur when terrestrial materials are submerged in water for an extended period of time. Well, they're elegant, they're untamed, and they're not everybody's idea of beautiful. Why? Largely because we don't control every aspect of the process, because we don't impose excessive amounts of order or influence on it. We cede some of it to nature, and that includes accepting the look as well. It's hard. It's hard for many of you. Really hard for many people. Some people just don't get it, and they proffer that this is simply sloppy and not thought out and seemingly random. I recall vividly one critic on Facebook, well, it was a long time ago, who, observing a recent botanical-inspired aquascape created by another hobbyist, commented that the scape looked as like someone just threw in some seed pods and leaves in a random fashion. Yeah, this guy actually described the aesthetic to a certain, although unsophisticated, degree, but he couldn't get past the look and therefore concluded it was haphazard, sloppy, and not thought out. It's a shame. I think if he glanced at a natural habitat and then looked at the tank again, he'd gain a new appreciation, or at the very least, some sort of understanding of where we're coming from. But on the other hand, this was the charm and the beauty of such a conceptual work, that seemingly random transient nature of such a habitat with leaves deposited in, as in nature by currents, tidal flows, etc., seen, you know, settling in unlikely areas within the hardscape. It was pretty cool, allowing her some of that control. Not everybody likes it or appreciates it, and that's perfectly fine. It's not the best way to run a tank, it's just a way. With so many people worldwide starting to play seriously with botanicals and blackwater aquariums and all that stuff, natural aquariums, we're seeing more and more common threads, more questions, more ideas, more issues, and ways to manage them. It's a necessary evolution and one which we can all contribute to. Yet, if you're not into this, if you think setting up one of these tanks is just gonna be a cool look for your fish room, requiring a little effort, maybe some material for your Facebook or Instagram page or whatever, if you're just trying to jump on some sort of trend, please, I beg you, 
Don't even think about it. Help evolve the hobby. Stay bold, stay strong, stay observant, stay thoughtful, stay diligent, stay open-minded, stay adventurous, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from 10 and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The 10th.